0: In this malicious compliance story, sorry, I deleted all the files you told me to delete. My job was to design and write software prototypes for individual high-value customers. If they liked it well enough, then a real software engineer team would build the real product. Occasionally, I would run the prototype for a few months while the customer evaluated if they wanted to buy the real project. Now, these prototypes are not a lot of code, but they do run with a lot of data. Even compressed, it can be a terabyte or more. Having done this for years, I've accumulated a small disk farm of past projects, which can be very useful when a customer customer asked for something just like we did last year but with a small change or two. The company resisted buying hard drives for this but it saves me so much time. I ended up buying one or two a year myself until I accumulated about 10 of these. Figure over $1,000 worth of external drives. Then unexpectedly management changes. New management thinks they can replace old software guy with a cheaper new software grad and I am laid off. With two weeks to train, my replacement. Yes, it's blatant age discrimination, but impossible to fight, so I just went for a graceful transition to my next job. Except that I have $1,000 of personal disk drives with old customer data on them. The company insists that no employees may take any company data off the premises and all files must be deleted. I don't want to just leave the drives of the company, but they insist I must delete all data before taking them home. So I offer. Option one, they can buy them from me. Or option two, I will eventually use them for something else, but I can leave the data on them in case someone needs it. Not good enough. The new manager insists that I must delete all data and all backups before I remove the drives. Okay, so that's what I do. Six months later, I get a series of desperate phone calls. The new software grad has been unable to build any new prototypes. Old customers are calling to get all, Old prototypes updated, and the new software grad has no idea how to do that. The executive vice president is calling me to ask what it would take to bring me back to do my old job. Sorry, I got a new job now, and even if I didn't, I cannot just modify the old prototype because you insisted I delete all old copies of it. If I didn't want to modify it, I'd first have to recreate it from scratch. The code still exists in their source control, but the data is the heart of the prototypes, and that old series of six months apart we collected is gone for good no matter what. Sorry, you screwed yourselves exactly like I told you would happen. I hope whatever you saved by hiring a new graduate to replace an actual experienced programmer was worth it. Was I the jerk? Somehow I thought for sure this was going to lead up to him saying that he actually did keep these hard drives somewhere and then when they called him six months later, he was going to be able to sell them back to them for a bunch of money. But it sounds like he actually just followed exactly what they wanted him to do. But really, it shows that the people running the company didn't really understand what had value and what didn't have value because why wouldn't they, first of all, just pay for the hard drive so they could host it themselves? And secondly, ask for the data to be transferred before they let him go? It just doesn't make sense. And I think the reason for that is because the company probably didn't understand how this worked, especially if it's with new management. It's like old management's bad decisions compiling with new management's bad decisions equals this epic opportunity for malicious compliance where he did exactly what. What they asked them to do. Let me know what you would do if you're in a situation like this down below. The Karen of my building told me her key card isn't working. She demanded that I fix her key card, so I did. This happened maybe five minutes ago, and I think it is hilarious. I'm the facility manager for my building. Everything that happens and goes wrong is my responsibility. So I make sure everything runs smoothly. My boss had made it clear it's my building, and I was hired to not only keep people in line but run everything. I'm not a jerk, but I hold people accountable. Forcibly, but politely. There was no facility manager for a long time before I came along, and both clients and employees ran amok, with no order. In the four months I've been here, my boss has praised my performance and has gone to bat for me countless times. She is the best boss I've ever had. I've got a firm but fair approach, and my reputation reflects that. So, there's a Karen in the building, and trust me, the name stereotype applies. She's a counselor for family services, has nothing to do with our group, She likes to complain about everything and gives my boss a headache almost daily. She shares an office with another woman who is unfortunately picking up on her Karen tendencies, making her a Karen in training. I've been doing a key card audit all week and I knew to leave Karen's key card alone because she's the only Karen in the building so her name stands out. I am missing 75 key cards, lots of former employees having all door access, dating all the way back to 2015. I can't have that so I deleted a lot of them especially if it had a wacky name or just a room number however i did delete kits card information because it wasn't under her name she just came to tell me her key card wasn't working and karen happened to be passing by and overheard it i went and fixed kits key card and we went to go check to see if it worked or not. We found Karen outside the office waiting, complaining to my boss that her keycard didn't work either. Karen wandered away and my boss rolled her eyes and I smiled and told her I would take care of it. After checking to make sure Kit's keycard actually worked, I went downstairs to check the system, looked up Karen and wouldn't you know it, her keycard was completely fine. In fact, it showed that she had a master keycard. So I changed all of her permissions and limited her back to just her room only. I went upstairs and got my boss's attention because her office is next door to the ladies and I mouthed, listen, and pointed. I opened their door and was all Hey Karen, I went and checked your key card in the system. Everything is good to go. In fact, it said you had a master key to the building and per the company orders, since you're not a contractor or an employee here, I can't give you that access. So I had to revoke your status to just this room only. Can't have you bugging people on official business. Wink. Thanks for bringing your keycard To my attention, she started to object that she needed the master key card because X, Y, and Z. And I said, Yeah, sorry, maybe before, but I'm the faculty manager, so you don't need access to everything except this office. And if you do, it's outside your pay grade, so you have to come and get me. Okay, cool, thanks, bye. And just then, the door closed on her mid sentence. My boss was quietly laughing hard in her office and gave me an air high five. So, all in all, all, a Karen complained that her key card didn't work, when it absolutely did. In fact, she had master key access, and had she not said anything, she would still have it, but she made me check, and now I revoked her status completely to just her room only. So I wonder what exactly this Karen was using her master key access to do. I mean, was she snooping around the building, setting up things, going here and there whenever she pleased? I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff you could get up to if you could get into any single room in the entire building but I wonder what it was exactly that she was doing. I mean, she obviously knew that she had master key card access because of the way that she responded to him at the end. So if she knew she had it and she knew she wanted it, why would she risk turning in the key card to be fixed? That's a weird set of decision-making there, but let me know what you would do if you were in this situation down below. In this malicious compliance story, reconsider working here if I want to take a honeymoon. Okay. I had a manager who hated, hated reading emails and would miss important issues slash meetings because of it. I even suggested text-to-speech to make it less unpleasant, but he told me off. He spent a lot of time playing golf with clients and was mostly inaccessible. It got to the point where most of the team CC'd me. I was next on the totem pole, so I would grant approvals for stuff like expense reports and help out on projects my manager was supposed to work on. When I was getting married, I requested three weeks off for my honeymoon. Everyone knew I was getting married. My manager even congratulated me on the engagement when it happened. I had five weeks vacation accumulated, and I didn't think it would be a big deal, especially since I was requesting it nearly eight weeks in advance. Then a vacation request denied email comes in from our time off system. I emailed the manager following up, left voicemails, and after a week, he finally replied to an email and said, look, we need dedicated people. And if you think you can take three weeks off for a vacation, you need to reconsider your position here. Keep in mind, my request stated vacation request for honeymoon. I replied with no consideration needed. My last day will be in three weeks. Let me know about transitioning duties. I forward this to my HR, CCing the manager and HR sets up my my exit interview, but HR tells my manager to set up transition for my responsibilities. During my notice period, I even replied all to the email twice asking about transition plans since I didn't get any transition plan. I tell my team, they ask the manager what to do with my duties, and my manager says he'll think about it, but doesn't do anything nor email anything out. Four weeks later, I get a call from my old boss saying, are you planning on coming in this week? Why would I? Because you work for me. Not as of last week. Stop messing around and get your butt in the office. I told you my last day when you denied my vacation request. Well, how about giving proper notice and transitions? HR asked you to develop a transition plan and to attend my exit interview. It's not my fault you don't read all your emails. So I hang up on him and block his number, but screenshot the call log and send it to the HR contact with an innocent, should I be worried? My old manager still thinks I work for him. Here's the fallout. Things would from bad to worse for my old manager. Apparently, I was doing most of his managerial duties, so he actually had to try and get stuff done himself. He also got into some legal issues. Those client golf outings, he played golf, but not with clients. That made his termination with cause, so no severance for him. I ended up at a competitor with a nice bump in pay. I wanted to start after my honeymoon, but the new company really wanted my help on a pitch. I joined for several weeks, reworking one third of the pitch, and then went on my honeymoon for three weeks. They paid me for the entire time off. That garnered a lot of goodwill from both me and my wife. I only left the company because the missus and I moved cross country and they didn't have remote positions back then. So basically the boss was just totally relying on the Hopi to do a lot of his job and just playing golf. That is pretty wild. I wonder how long he was able to get away with doing that when he wasn't even playing golf with clients. And the fact that he was so inaccessible, he probably just got so comfortable in this type of lifestyle that nobody could reach him because he was just chilling all the time. I'm guessing the boss didn't read it or fully see it or understand it, but it seemed pretty clear when the OP said, no consideration needed. Here's my last day in three weeks. It's kind of crazy that he had no idea that the OP was leaving at all when all of this back and forth between him and the OP and HR in the OP and presumably HR and him all took place. So let me know what you would do if you're in this situation down below. In this malicious compliance story, my ex-boyfriend insists I play a game he assumes he's better at. I complied. A few years ago when I was in grad school, I dated a man who was several years older than me who had just finished his master's at the same school. Completely different program, but both in the realm of STEM and started a company based on that work He seemed to have a chip on his shoulder about the fact that he went back to school in his late 20s And the fact that I was in a PhD program I need to emphasize I did not think I was better or smarter than him in any way And I thought and still think he is incredibly smart and his company does fascinating work But still he projected this inferiority complex on me and it was one of the many things That soured our relationship He was obsessed with feeling smarter than me And bringing me down a peg The relationship ran its course within a year And the breakup was messy But he insisted on remaining friends Despite a lot of obvious tension between us One day he asked me to help him pick up A moving truck he needed for work And I agreed But when I got in the car We were kind of quiet for a couple of minutes So I pulled out my phone And finished the Sudoku game I had in my browser For some context I am incredibly good at sudoku relative to most people. This is because I obsessively solved sudoku puzzles as a kid and just had a big book of them to solve on long bus rides to school, and it's still my go-to game to play while waiting in line, pooping, etc. I don't really correlate this with intelligence. My brain is just trained to recognize the patterns and solving them is soothing to me. He looked over and saw I was playing and asked what app I played on. I said I just play on a certain website I like and when he asked why I don't use a Sudoku app, I tried to be as neutral as possible in my response and said that the website had a nice spread of difficulty and that every app I've tried had either been too easy or too hard. Admittedly, it's almost always too easy, but because of the aforementioned inferiority complex, I was hedging this on purpose. He had a kind of, oh really response and insisted I try the app he has on his phone because he was sure I would find it hard. So... I maliciously complied. I opened the hardest setting of the puzzle in his app and solved it in about a minute, beating the record on his phone by at least a minute and a half. I showed it to him and he seemed alarmed and basically said that I got lucky. So, I played several more times so that my times flooded the fastest times list until his were all gone. His shock and frustration at this was satisfying on its own. But many months later, when I had long forgotten about it, he He randomly sent me a screenshot of his puzzle in that app with a faster time, except it was for the easiest puzzle setting. So of course, to be petty, I immediately downloaded the app, played it on the easiest setting, and beat his time by a significant margin and sent him a screenshot back. Was this mean? Maybe. Was it satisfying? Yes. Was I the jerk? You decide. Did he think that the OP wouldn't notice that it was on the easiest setting? I mean, that's got to be the most obvious thing that you wouldn't assume you could get away with. And I wonder what it is exactly that makes him have such an inferiority complex when it comes to winning games specifically against his girlfriend or his former girlfriend. That sounds like there's something deep-rooted that goes way beyond this story. But whatever it is, it led to this moment where he just randomly challenges her to a Sudoku match to see who could get the best score. I kind of wish there was an update to see what his response was after she responded back with beating the score by a huge margin. So let me know what you would do if you're in this situation. Would you keep trying to challenge the X or would you just let it be? Don't forget to subscribe with YouTube notifications turned on. Check out the Instagram for more videos. And if you're interested in podcasts, the link to that is down below in the description as well. Thanks a lot for watching, guys, and I'll see you next time.